Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbett and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Seven sixteen. Good morning. Sixty minutes after seven o'clock. You know, the only thing that would make Friday even better would be a conversation with Gene Valentino. Ah, Gene is with us. Good morning, Gene. Gene Valentino with a conversation with Michael Pohl and Ted Tibbetts would make it even better. There, there you go. Now you're talking. Look <laughs> the at studio, that. They're all important. The studio crowd like that. He's so sweet. <laughs> good morning, guys. Hey, hey good morning. How, how's the weather down there in uh, Pensacola? Well, don't blink. You'll miss a chapter. At, at one second, it's it's pouring. The next second, it's uh, sunny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like those kind of days, right? Because the humidity feels so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gene, uh, good morning and, and happy Friday to you. We... Uh, we talked briefly uh, via text, and uh, I kind of talked to you a little bit about, you know, I'm, I, I think a lot of people are concerned about our president. I mean, he he's, first of all, pushing, like, for example, last year, he said the greatest threat to America was Russia. Last week, he said the greatest threat to America was white supremacy. And now this week he's gone to Europe and said the greatest threat to America is global warming. And he said that he even went to the Pentagon uh, and talked to the Pentagon. And the Pentagon says, which we're not sure if that's a person or if that's just maybe a, something he heard from the walls. But uh, he said that the, even they agreed that global warming, not China, not Russia, but global warming is the biggest threat that we face. So. I guess my question to you, and I also have a little cut if anybody's interested in hearing it about uh, what the president had. Would you like to hear that first, and then we can comment yeah, on it? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let me just play this little cut. This is uh, Joe Biden, our president, earlier this week. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. These folks are the backbone of America. Stop your boast about never being seen that what you, you can do anything. You're, you, you always talk about your ability to negotiate. God, I mean, you just can't make heads or tails of what, he got, what he's got to say. What do you make of that? Well, he needs to go back to an English class and finish an English language sentence before he starts a new thought. <laughs> yeah, you're and exactly right. One point. All kidding aside, it's like watching Wheel of Fortune spin the wheel. Let's see what my answer is going to be today. I mean, okay. it's, it's inconsistent and embarrassing, frankly. It's not even worth getting upset about. It's just embarrassing. But he's nice, and he doesn't send mean tweets. Well, you know, uh, uh, yes, he does. You just don't see him. Uh, go read Hunter Biden's emails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what... I mean, what do you look? We're not doctors. Neither one of us are, but we certainly can recognize when somebody's not exactly right. You know, well, more what, more specifically, Michael, he was talking specific. I, I was referring specifically to exchanges between father and son that most recently been revealed uh, using the N word in describing our 
African-American uh, brothers and sisters uh, in a very reprehensible way. Uh, he's, he is, um, then re- I remember him being inside a 7-Eleven and, you know, 7-Elevens can't be owned by anybody other than Indians. Right. And, um, that's what he uh, said. Shame on the African-American because the problem is they don't have Amer- African-American lawyers and accountants. That's why they're disadvantaged. What? I have more African-American friends who are biz- attorneys and accountants that I do business with and, they, with, and they shake their head. They can't figure out what the guy's saying. Well, I think there's no question, though, Gene, that his he has had and continues to have cognitive decline. We can see it. He can't put a sentence out. And I, I think it's almost really sad to put a guy in that position knowing that because if this was our grandpa, right, you and I, we would be like, we can't let this guy out in public. We don't know what he's going to say. Michael, it was just a year ago. The Democrats ganged up and uh, really were going to initiate impeachment proceedings based on Donald Trump's cognition, his mental acuity. Are you telling me that they can't see the shortfall in this guy as compared to Trump? It's I mean, all of- just on that issue alone, we, we could talk all morning about dozens of issues, but compare the mental acuity of Donald Trump to Joe Biden. And t- what I'm more concerned with is why did the American people vote for this guy? Or, yeah. with, or, or do I have to... I was reading the uh, New York Times this morning uh, just to understand what the far left is thinking. And sure enough, they believe that uh, in the uh, editorial board's uh, uh, editorial, that um, uh, Trump still lives under the false uh, impression that the election was rigged. They don't think that there's any chance for anybody to uncover any wrongdoing in that election. Now, well, there's about 13 states right now that have come up with new rules to tighten the election process. And God willing, the U.S. Congress won't, uh, in their voter uh, ID and verification processes, will, uh, that, that those rules will not be accepted because, I mean, you'll have goats and sheep voting uh, along with anybody no, else no coming doubt. over the board. No doubt. Well, I, look, I don't think, Gene, that it is constitutional anyway, because if you look at the Constitution of the United States specifically, not an amendment, in the Constitution it says the states, the various states out there run their own elections. Yeah, I I really wish there was a more unified national approach to it, uh, but I do respect the states having... This is the one case where I do believe the layers of government have protected the democracy, uh, not hurt it. Uh, this, this moving uh, authority and control, as the Constitution suggests, as you just said, uh, to the state level, does mean that there is a checks and balance process that needs to uh, occur to triple check the veracity of this election process. Um, although I just wish it was streamlined and uniform state to state, just like our highway system, just like our utilities, just like our telephone system, uh, you know, it, it, the, it makes it makes it easier to determine the merits more quickly of who our president and vice president is 
moments after the polls closed. Yeah, uh, it, it. I think it could be done, and I think that if, if you know if the states really wanted to, that could happen. The problem is, as you mentioned, a uniform way of doing it. You see, there's so many states that don't have a backup, like a like in Mississippi here, we have a ballot, and that ballot we mark, and we let a machine read it, and then there's a backup if something happens to the machine. You can go to a hand count. I think that's the simplest way to do an election. Yeah. Some, yeah. some states Lord, don't. Own, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were through. The Florida mirrors that as well. And, and so do many states. I just wished it was uniform, uh, state, uh, throughout the states so that the tally could be more consistent. The real issue is not just the voting process, but the validation of the person who's voting, which ties into an earlier conversation we've had, Michael, oh, about yeah. the new proposed 28th Amendment. Well, let's validate who the person is voting first. Is he a legal citizen and entitled to vote? Number one, uh, uh, number two, is he voting? Uh, we don't need voting procedures uh, disparate and different from state to state. They they should be uniform, but managed at the state level. Yeah, you know what we want to do. Here's what we want: we want an election where it's easy for people to go vote, but it's hard to cheat. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's um, that no one, everyone has the right to vote. It's it's sacred. It's one of our most sacred um, privileges we have as citizens. Uh, let me tell you what undermines the whole thing. When we move towards this woke environment, and the authorities seem to be dominating us, and we have to kowtow and fall in line to some uh, Marxist uh, theories that remove our individualities and force us to you know, corral us around into group think is the beginning of the end. You know, the rugged individualism, by the way, which is something that this country was founded on, the, the, the tough person that can go out here and make it on their own, doesn't depend on the government, but, you know, needs the government to protect them from bad things, law enforcement, military, things like that, which is what the government was originally intended to be a protector of the states. That's why I think the states should have more power. That's why I don't think we should take the ability of the states to run elections away from them uh, because, frankly, the federal government and the oversight from Washington doesn't work in every state the same way. And so, you know, I just think I'm just for yeah. uh, you know, exactly like it used to be, which is it's never going to be that way again. We used to have senators that were elected by the, lake, the the state legislatures, okay? And they changed that back during the progressive movement of the early uh, 1900s. That's right. Well, let's agree, let's agree on one point. I think there's a midpoint here for you and I. Let's agree that, yes, the state should maintain control of the election process, uh, manage it, uh, monitor it, supervise it, maintain it. But let's also agree that the system of voting be more uniform nationwide so that your vote in Mississippi counts fairly and equally to my vote in Florida. It, it, well, it's not, it's not, we're not different countries. We're different states, but we're, we're one country and we're voting for one president. 
and one vice president. That's what that's the only thing you and I have in common on this election system. You vote for different representatives, city right. and county levels, different state levels, uh, Congress and U.S. Senate levels, the people. They're all different from what I'm voting on over here. But the one guy we have in common is the president and vice president. We that's should, right. We should, that, that system of how you and I vote for that guy had ought to be the same. It ought to be tallied the same. And, um, uh, and be under the same scrutiny as any other vote. Well, as long as as long as it's easy for people to vote and it's hard for them to cheat, I'm for it. Agree. All right, Gene. Anything else you want to add to it today? I'll tell you. There's so much we could talk about. You know, the the cognitive decline of the president is just something. I wanted to ask well, you about uh, cryptocurrency. We've got about a minute here. Have you got any investments in cryptocurrency? I had investments in cryptocurrency. I got out of them. Some of them I made a little money on. The others I lost on. It was before Bitcoin really took off uh, over the last um, eight months in particular. Um, but uh, no, I there's a whole discussion. That's a whole other discussion, which I happen to know a little bit about because one of my companies was in was payment processing. We would uh, take uh, the pay, taxpayers' money when they wanted to pay their bills uh, by uh, check, electronic check, or credit card. But what we were introducing to the payment system was virtual currency, uh, Bitcoin in particular. And uh, I'm not in the business of speculating on how the dollar is going up and down in any one day, but I do want to rely on that dollar being real, like any other citizen would. Right. Uh, but... But that's the concern with Bitcoin. It is more volatile to circumstances around it, which you and I cannot control. The dollar uh, still has volatility, but on an entirely different level. I got you. All right. Thanks for joining us, Gene. Got to do the weather. Good morning from the Southern Pine Electric Weather Center, your local forecast. It's 74 out at the Hattiesburg Law Regional Airport. Looks like today we're going to.